98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. A Shenzhen court says it's heard the case of 10 Hong Kong people charged with illegally entering mainland waters and will hand down a verdict later. Health officials find coronavirus in sewage samples from a public housing block in Kuantong, even though no one there has been infected. And the hospital authority strengthens infection control measures after an outbreak at United Christian Hospital. A Shenzhen court says it's heard the case of 10 Hong Kong people charged with illegally entering mainland waters and will hand down a verdict later. The 10 are part of a group of 12 arrested by the Guangdong Coast Guard in August, apparently attempting to flee to Taiwan by speedboat. The Antian District People's Court said on its website that family members of some of the accused were present at the trial, as well as local lawmakers, Hong Kong delegates and the media. Family members in Hong Kong had earlier said they'd been unable to attend the trial because of the short notice. At a news conference, the families of the 12 called on the authorities to give a sentencing date as soon as possible, saying they've not been allowed to see their loved ones. They also questioned the authorities' claim that relatives had been allowed to attend the trial, saying they have no idea who these people were. Former pro-democracy lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick, who's been helping the families, says there shouldn't be any delay in sentencing since it's a straightforward case and the defendants are believed to have pleaded guilty. It should be a very clear-cut case and there should be no delay of giving a sentence. The fact that the court is now delaying the date of sentence tells the fact that they are trying to stop the relatives from going to Shenzhen to meet the 12. I don't know the rationale behind this inhumane treatment. The UK's Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab said he's deeply concerned that the Hong Kongers were tried in secret. He said diplomats from Britain and other countries tried to attend but were denied entry. He called on China to uphold the rule of law and conduct trials in a fair and transparent manner. Earlier, the Foreign Ministry told the United States to stop interfering in China's domestic affairs after the US Embassy called for the immediate release of the Twelve. In other news, people living in a public housing block in Kuantong are being ordered to take COVID-19 tests by New Year's Eve after the virus was found in sewage samples from their building. No one has been infected at Fung Chak House in Choi Wan Estate, but residents and anyone who visited the building since December the 15th will now be subject to mandatory testing. Francis Sit has more. While no confirmed cases have been reported at Fung Chak House so far, a cluster at another block in the estate, Ming Lai House, has reported at least 15 infections. Hong Kong University medical professor Gabriel Leung said the virus found in the sewage at Fung Chak House is most likely coming from an asymptomatic area in the building. It is not a presupposition that you will be able to definitely find at least one human case. But the likelihood is yes, there is some silent spreading going on, and that is why you are getting such consistent signals. So it is a precautionary measure. Authorities said those who get tested must keep records of a negative result that they can show to law enforcement officers. Professor Lan said his team has conducted similar sewage tests at housing blocks where there have been recent outbreaks, such as Richland Gardens, Yutming Estate and Kuaixing West Estate, but none of the samples have come back positive. The hospital authority says it will stop sending patients infected with COVID-19 to the United Christian Hospital for the time being as it steps up infection control measures across all public hospitals. An outbreak at the United Christian Hospital has seen 19 patients and staff either test positive or preliminary positive for the coronavirus. Dozens of staff have been quarantined. The chief executive of the hospital authority, Dr Tony Coe, says they're aiming to reduce demand for hospital services and make sure there's enough space and staff to take care of other patients. 
We still have a quite significant number of isolation beds available, both in our different hospitals, uh, what we call the first TI isolation bed and second TI isolation bed. We also have hundreds of beds in the Asia World Expo who are able to take care of relatively stable COVID patients. So uh, at the moment, they think that with the suspension of allocation of COVID patients to United Nations Hospital, it is a way we can help to alleviate some of their pressures at the same time without significantly affecting our capability to look after COVID patients. Health officials reported 61 new COVID-19 infections today. All but one were locally acquired. 19 of the new local cases had no clear source of infection. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The hospital authority is also stepping up infection control measures at all public hospitals. It says all patients who have shown COVID symptoms will be asked to take a second test after admission to reduce the chance of false negative results. Medical staff will also be asked to wear full personal protective equipment when they feed patients or help them clean their mouths. The president of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, Dr Arasina Ma, says the new guidance will benefit frontline medical staff. That the authority going to give a more clear guideline. What sort of measures we're going to take for some, um, how to say, grade procedures, feeding or mouth care? In the past, they are not classified as high risk procedures. Uh, we only wear surgical masks. We may not wear the uh, uh, the PPE. We seldom wear the face mask. But it's good that um, the authority uh, make it clear now. So um, the the hospital. I can prepare more equipment and staff can use it more liberally. They give a more clear guideline. It's good for the frontline staff. Microbiologist Hopak Leung has added his voice to calls for the government to enlist the help of disciplined services staff to help track down close contacts of COVID-19 patients and make sure people exposed to the virus are tested within 24 hours. He says authorities are taking too long to test high-risk people. Joanna Wong with that story. Hopak Lung says super-spreading events like the one at United Christian Hospital is all but impossible to completely prevent, with Kun Chong at the epicenter of the fourth wave of COVID infections in Hong Kong. He told a radio program it's not feasible for hospitals to take enough precautions to completely keep the virus from getting into non-COVID wards. And the best way to prevent such mass outbreaks is to control community-level outbreaks as quickly as possible. But the microbiologist says the authorities have been taking too long to test people who have likely already been exposed to the virus, such as residents of buildings where multiple infections have been confirmed. He says ideally, everyone deemed to be at high risk of having the virus should be tested within 24 hours. And if there aren't enough medical personnel to ensure this happens, the authorities should consider enlisting the help of disciplined services to track down and test all of them as quickly as possible. The suggestion was previously made by Ho's colleague Yun Kwok Yong. Professor Ho said Macau and Shenzhen had the right idea in mobilizing huge numbers of people to collect samples and perform contact tracing work. The expert also warned of a possible spike in COVID-19 cases as a result of Christmas gatherings in private homes where people would not have kept their masks on. In other news, former Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chok Ting has been arrested and charged with revealing the identity of a person under investigation by the ICAC. Damon Pang reports. 
A video uploaded to Lam Chakting's Facebook page showed three ICAC officers arresting him at his home. The former lawmaker opened the gate after conversing with the officers, telling them that he was only being arrested for political reasons. Arresting me today clearly marks the fall of the ICAC, he said. It again demonstrates the fall of Hong Kong. He faces three counts of disclosing the identity of someone being investigated by the ICAC, understood to be linked to the Yunlong mob attack that took place on July the 21st last year. Mr. Lam, a former investigator for the anti-craft body, later appeared before Eastern Magistracy wearing a T-shirt bearing the ICAC logo. The case was adjourned until early March and he was released on bail of $2,000. The ex-lawmaker had earlier been charged with rioting over the Yunlong attack. He was among dozens of people injured when more than 100 men, armed with bamboo sticks and clad in white T-shirts, attacked people indiscriminately at Yunlong MTR station. Mr. Lam is due to appear in the district court on January the 5th over his rioting charge. The district court has cleared six people of rioting during a protest in Causeway Bay in August last year, but convicted one man of the charge after noting that he had tried to run away from the police. Candace Wong reports. District Court Judge Frankie Yu found Chan Cho Ho guilty of rioting and possessing radio communication devices without a license. He said the 24-year-old was equipped with full protest gear and had attempted to run away from the police, while his companion had also tried to attack officers as they fled. The judge said it was unacceptable of Chan to try to defend himself by saying he was at the scene of the riot as a first aider and remanded him in custody until sentencing next month. Six other defendants, however, were cleared of rioting. The judge concluded that although the six defendants had been wearing similar outfits to rioters at the scene, the prosecution has failed to prove their involvement beyond all reasonable doubt. He also pointed out that some of them had run towards the police rather than away from them and that two were arrested sometime after their alleged offences. The six defendants who were cleared exchanged hugs with Chan before they left the dock. Overseas now, European Union ambassadors have provisionally backed the post-Brexit trade deal between Britain and the EU that was agreed last week. The 27 representatives unanimously approved the accord, which allows tariff-free trade with Britain to continue after it leaves the EU single market on January the 1st. The BBC's Kevin Connolly reports from Brussels. The decision was taken without fanfare on a dull morning in Brussels where the holiday streets are deserted. But this is a further small significant step in turning the Christmas Eve deal into a political arrangement that may last for many years. The 1,200-page document will be formally adopted over the coming 24 hours or so in the capitals of the member states. Legally, this agreement is provisional. It awaits the retrospective approval of the European Parliament in the new year but there was never any doubt that it would be accepted by the EU once the political deal was struck on Christmas Eve. Across the border, the lawyer for a citizen journalist who reported on the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic in Wuhan says his client has been sentenced to four years in jail. The trial of Zhang Chan, a former lawyer, lasted just three hours. Vicky Wong reports. Don't go to the police. 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 Don't go
Police tried to stop journalists from recording footage outside the Shanghai Pudong New District People's Court ahead of the sentencing, covering up their cameras and pushing them away. But it wasn't long until the court found Zhang Zhan guilty of picking quarrels and provoking trouble for her reporting in the chaotic initial stages of the outbreak in Wuhan and sentenced her to four years behind bars. The 37-year-old's live reports and essays were widely shared on social media platforms in February, grabbing the attention of authorities who have punished eight virus whistleblowers so far as they defang criticism of the government's response to the outbreak. She had criticized the early response in Wuhan, saying the government didn't give people enough information then simply locked down the city in what she said was a great violation of human rights. One of her lawyers, Ren Chuanyu, said his client looked devastated when the sentence was announced, while her mother sobbed loudly as the verdict was read. Concerns are mounting over Zhang's health. She had launched a hunger strike in June and has been force-fed via a nasal tube. Mr Ren said she told him during a visit last week that she would continue to refuse food if the authorities hand down a heavy sentence. She thinks she will die in prison, he added. Another lawyer said Zhang's health was in decline and she suffered from headaches, dizziness and stomach pain. Zhang Kerke said in a social media post that she is restrained 24 hours a day and needs assistance going to the bathroom. His client is psychologically exhausted like every day is a torment, he said. The trial comes just weeks before an international team of World Health Organization experts is expected to arrive in China to investigate the origins of COVID-19. The prominent Saudi Arabian women's activist, rights activist Lujain al-Hathloul has been sentenced to five years and eight months in prison. But she might be released as early as this coming March as the court suspended two years and ten months of the sentence and she's already spent more than two and a half years in detention. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. Lujain al-Hathloul was once a symbol of the new generation of young Saudis making her name on social networks. Now the specialised criminal court, which tries terrorism cases, has delivered its verdict, finding her guilty on a number of charges, including trying to change government law and serve foreign interests in Saudi Arabia. She and her family have denied all the charges. They've also said that she was tortured in jail, accusations the court essentially dismissed. Human rights groups have said her trial did not meet international standards. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. A Shenzhen court says it's heard the case of 10 Hong Kong people charged with illegally entering mainland waters and will hand down a verdict later. Health officials find coronavirus in sewage samples from a public housing block in Kuantong, even though no one, no one there has been infected. And the hospital authority strengthens infection control measures after an outbreak at the United Christian Hospital. The news from RTHK. It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's News Wrap programme. The Hospital Authority is stepping up infection control measures at all public hospitals after a COVID-19 outbreak at United Christian Hospital forced dozens of staff to go into quarantine. From now on, all hospital patients will be tested for COVID for a second time two days after they're admitted if they exhibit any symptoms to reduce the risk of false negatives. And medical staff will have to wear extra personal protective equipment, such as goggles, when they feed patients or help them clean their mouths. The president of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, Dr. Arasina Ma, told Cecil Wong she welcomes the new guidance. It's good 
that the authority going to give a more clear guideline? What sort of measures are we going to take for some, um, how to say, grade procedures, feeding or mouth care? In the past, they are not classified as high-risk procedures. Uh, we only wear surgical masks. We may not wear the, uh, uh, the PPE. We seldom wear the face mask. But it's good that um, the authority uh, make it clear now so um, the, the hospital uh, can prepare more equipment and staff can use it more liberally. Um, other measures like uh, ask the clinician to retest the patient. Actually, uh, of course, it make it clear it's good, but in fact, uh, we are uh, making our own judgment clinically. We do uh, retest patient time to time, especially if they have the clinical suspicions. We may repeat the, the test in different times or we may repeat the test with this many, uh, different assessments. So, but anyway, they give a well, more clear guideline is good for the frontline staff. You yourself work at United Christian Hospital, is that right? What, what do you make of this decision to uh, stop sending COVID patients there for the time being? Actually, currently we have closed one ward, which is related to the COVID outbreak. Uh, we have staff uh, being co- under quarantine, including doctors and nurses. And so we are quite pretty uh, under staff. And also we don't have enough bed to not even uh, just for COVID patients or even normal medical admission. We are really out, get, uh, run out of bed and run out of manpowers. So what does the ho- how can the hospital authority help? First of all, those measures I mentioned in the press conference will help a bit. Don't get uh, any more COVID patients from other customers or, or from the central pool. It will help. However, it doesn't mean that we're not going to take care of any new COVID patients because, uh, as you know, that um, there are many uh, community cases, uh, community outbreak in uh, the Kowloon East region, in the Guntong region. So we expected that there are many patients who are going into uh, uh, with the COVID symptoms, we're going to visit our emergency room. So we're still going to take care of some of the newly confirmed COVID patients. They're, they're just not those uh, centrally uh, coordinated ones. So, um, yes, besides the, uh, that, um, of course, uh, 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 cutting some of the elective surface may help, but to be honest, uh, most of the elective surface has been cut during um the earlier uh, earlier time this year. So not many elective surfaces actually is running nowadays. Most of the surface running nowadays is emergency surface. Well, yes, uh, of course, only a couple dozen people are getting quarantined who are been identified as close contacts. Um, but uh, everybody at hospitals being asked to get tested. Do you think more and more people will be taking time off or may have to may get infected or go into quarantine later on? Um, I expect fact, uh, maybe there are some some of the colleagues are currently under quarantine. They may be confirmed with the disease later. Um, but uh, you mean uh, whether other uh, doctors or other nurses who are not under quarantine, uh, whether they are at risk for um, involved in the outbreak? I think the chance is a little because um, for uh, this time they have um, put almost all staff who have worked in that uh, ward for a certain uh, duration of time under quarantine. So uh, it's quite expensive, the list. It would not be an exaggeration to say the coronavirus pandemic has been a nightmare for humankind. Hong Kong has been hit by four waves of infections. Thousands have fallen ill and more than 130 have died. Our everyday lives have been turned upside down and business is seriously disrupted. Wendy Wong looks back at the ups and downs for the city in this COVID-hit year. 
It was the end of January and just days after the Lunar New Year. Hong Kong's mood was supposed to be festive, but instead confusion and panic ensued. Long queues appeared outside pharmacies and in supermarkets as people scrambled for face masks and toilet paper as travellers began turning up from Wuhan infected with a mysterious virus. Pressure mounted on Chief Executive Carrie Lam to close the border or ban visitors from the mainland. But she refused to do so, insisting that shutting some of the frontier control points would be enough. Uh, we should not contemplate sort of restrictions of international travel or trade, and we should not adopt a discriminatory approach in dealing with uh, people flowing between different countries and places in trying to contain the spread of the disease. prompted a strike by thousands of hospital workers who warned that Hong Kong's medical system would be overwhelmed if the government didn't act quickly. Clusters of local coronavirus cases emerged. Among a family who shared a hot pot dinner, a dozen elderly people who visited a temple in North Point, and some residents of a typo public housing block. The government started imposing mandatory quarantine in March for arrivals from dozens of countries as the virus spread around the world. Hong Kong residents and students studying abroad rushed to return home, leading to a sharp rise in imported cases. Lang Kwai Fong became another virus hotspot, with members of a band staffing dozens of customers at various bars in the area coming down with COVID-19, one after the other. For the first time, the government imposed strict social distancing, banning public gatherings of more than four people, and ordering the closure of venues such as bars, cinemas and gyms to try to halt the spread of the disease. By the end of April, the outbreak has subsided, with no local infections reported for more than 20 days. Schools, which have been closed since February, were allowed to reopen in phases in May and June despite another small outbreak. But as Hong Kong breathed a sigh of relief, COVID-19 was set for major resurgence. In July, staff and customers of restaurants, wet market workers, taxi drivers, care home residents and even patients at public hospitals started coming down with the disease. Infections grew from zero to a record high of 149 by the end of the month as hospitals reached capacity. Health officials acknowledged the situation was getting out of hand. At a daily coronavirus briefing, the Centre for Health Protection's Dr. Chuan Shukwan appealed for people to stay at home to stop the virus spreading. The testing capacity, the quarantine facility, as well as the hospital capacity are reaching the limit. If this trend is continued, it is very difficult for us to handle the situation. Strict anti-pandemic measures were again enforced, including the mandatory wearing of face masks in public, a ban on dining in restaurants in the evening, and a temporary closure of entertainment and sports venues. Schools were told to take their summer holidays early. Although the infection curve was finally flattened at the end of August, by then more than 80 COVID patients, most of them elderly, had died. 
Analysis by medical experts indicated the summer wave of infections was mostly likely triggered by arrivals who were given quarantine exemptions, like air and ship crews. The dean of the Faculty of Medicine at Hong Kong University, Gabriel Leung, urged the government to beef up border control measures. It's probably wise to make sure that every single potential new introduction is caught at the border and swiftly isolated and their close contacts quarantined. As the daily caseload once again subsided into single digits in September, the government launched a controversial territory-wide coronavirus screening program. Hundreds of testing staff were sent from the mainland to work at a temporary lab in Hong Kong. Thousands of local people were also recruited to man more than 140 centers in districts across the city to collect specimens from people who opted to be tested. Some critics raised privacy concerns about the collection of samples, while many disease experts questioned how useful the costly exercise would be. But the chief executive defended the testing scheme, describing its opponents as conspiracy theorists bent on damaging relations between Beijing and Hong Kong. She also accused some health experts of being politically motivated. So I will make a strong plea that well-known people, especially in the relevant professional areas, should really um, express their view in a more responsible way. Uh, since this is about public health, let's focus on public health. In the end, more than 1.7 million citizens came forward for testing over two weeks. Just 45 were found to have COVID-19. Eight of them recovered patients. Hong Kong enjoyed another two relatively healthy months as infections remained at low levels before coronavirus surged back for a fourth time in 2020 to put a major dent in the festive season. Despite criticism of the government's failure to make Hong Kong's borders more virally secure, the wave of infections that started in November was again attributed to travellers, this time from Nepal, as revealed by analysis of the virus's genetic code. A dozen cases were linked to an extended family staycation on Lantau, and a couple of taxi drivers came down with the virus. It was starting to look like another blip in the pandemic, until the 75-year-old chairwoman of a listed company was confirmed to have the disease. She and many others were found to have attended dance classes at more than 20 studios and restaurants across the city. This triggered the use of a new law under which anyone who'd been to these sessions was ordered to be tested for COVID-19. Within weeks, the number of patients linked to the dance studio outbreak has surged about 700. This mega cluster also led to outbreaks at a home for the elderly and a number of housing estates, infecting dozens more people and forcing hundreds into quarantine. Schools were again told to suspend in-person classes, this time until next year. Strict distancing rules were brought back, with all entertainment venues and most recreation facilities shut down. Dining in restaurants was again banned after 6 in the evening. The catering industry complained it would lose billions in lost business in December, but Carrie Lam again denied acting too slowly. We are now closing everything, almost everything except uh, the restaurants because they are meeting the daily needs uh, of the people. We are allowing a little bit of gym activities because people need this sort of thing to keep themselves uh, healthy, uh, whether it is physically or mentally. If I may just make a plea, it's very easy for an observer 
to say after the event that you should have done this earlier. As the end of the year loomed, masks, social distancing, and contact tracing seemed to be the only reliable means to keep the coronavirus at bay. That left billions of people around the world asking when life might return to normal. But December brought with it some good news at last. The UK became the first country to approve a vaccine for COVID-19, produced by Pfizer and BioNTech. The inoculation was quickly administered to thousands of people in Britain and other countries, including the United States. Carrie Lam announced some two weeks ago that the government has secured 15 million vaccine doses from the mainland company Sinovac as well as BioNTech Frozen. The first million shots are due to arrive in Hong Kong next month. They will be given free to all residents. But three million people in high-risk groups, such as the elderly and chronically ill, care home workers and hospital staff will be inoculated first. The chief executive said hopefully all Hong Kong people will be vaccinated during the course of 2021. But infectious disease expert Dr. Wilson Lam worries that some might be hesitant. The most important thing about the success of vaccine, whether it's going to work, is uh, whether a significant proportion of people are uh, injected with the vaccine. I know that some people might feel a little bit unsafe to have uh, some of these uh, new vaccines. And also some people might also have uh, concern on the vaccines from, like, for example, mainland China as well. Given that uh, we have more and more data coming out. If we have enough data, we, we should uh, trust those data and that uh, the vaccines are actually safe. Even if the vaccination program ends up being successful, there's no telling how long it will take for Hong Kong to achieve herd immunity. Until then, people will have to endure the so-called new normal of maintaining social distance, constant face mask wearing and perpetual vigilance. Those stories were part of the News Wrap program, which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. Fight the virus, stay vigilant. If you think you have a higher risk of COVID-19 exposure or experience discomfort, you can collect specimen bottles for free testing from designated public clinics. Meanwhile, the government will arrange free testing for targeted groups. To minimize the risk of community transmission, we should take the initiative to get tested. Together, we must fight the virus. Stay vigilant. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Radio 3 Weather. A look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. Cloudy periods overnight, mainly fine with relatively low visibility tomorrow. Temperatures ranging between 19 and 24 degrees. Winds will be fresh easterly and will moderate gradually tomorrow and then strengthen from the north tomorrow night. The outlook becoming appreciably cooler and rather windy on Wednesday and Thursday. Morning temperatures in the urban areas will fall to 7 or 8 degrees on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and a couple of degrees lower over the new territories. It'll be very dry with morning temperatures remaining low over the weekend. Currently, the air quality health index here in Hong Kong is moderate with readings of 4 and 5. At the observatory, the air temperature is 20 degrees Celsius. Relative humidity stands at 83%. It's a late show for a Monday evening. Simon Wilson sitting in for Uncle Ray, playing assorted ballads and easy listening through till one.
Talking to myself and feeling old Sometimes I'd like to quit Nothing ever seems to fit Hanging around Nothing to do but frown Rainy days and Mondays always get me drowned What I've got they used to call the blues Nothing is really wrong Feeling like I don't belong Walking around Some kind of lonely cloud Rainy days and Mondays always get me down Funny but it seems I always wind up here with you Nice to know somebody loves me Seems that it's the only thing to do Run and find the one who loves me What I feel is come and gone before No need to talk it out We know what it's all about started for the second half of the show for this Monday the 28th of December that's the Carpenters rainy days and Mondays I'm Simon Wilson keeping you company through till one playing assorted ballads and easy listening if there's something you'd like to hear two double three double eight two six six is the number (laughs) 